is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We're going to have a little bit of fun today. We want to talk ever so slightly about the Constitution. And you're in the right place. You're with Mr. Constitution Man. Uh, and I have to deal with the left, which... Uh, the aggregator called Mr. Constipated Man. But that for another day. So Jonathan Turley and a few of us are a little bit of a hubbub, all friendly, all respectful. There's a writer in Newsweek, I'm afraid, who really doesn't understand what she's talking about. That's okay. So let me do this in a way that is in plain English and starts from the top. Given what the Biden administration is doing to President Trump, let's say President Trump gets elected president. And he still has all these indictments against him. Or in one of these jurisdictions, he's been convicted by a jury, not of his peers, of Democrats. What then? Well, we look at the Constitution of the United States, don't we? What does the Constitution of the United States say about this? Absolutely nothing. Because, you see, the Constitution was written for virtuous people. And a virtuous people serving in their government. It wasn't written for Joe Biden and Jack Smith. And Fanny. And the knucklehead in Manhattan it was written for people who have virtue and they have none. So now what do we do? Well, some of the ground has been laid here in the past, 1973 and in 2000. What do you mean, Mark? The Department of Justice in 1973 
in the re, in the administration of Richard Nixon had to take a look at this in case Richard Nixon was indicted. In the Office of Legal Counsel, which is the brain trust of the Department of Justice, the office that looks at these issues, gives advice to an attorney general and a president. Look very carefully at the pros and cons. And of course, it acknowledged there's not much in the Constitution that helps us, and there's certainly not much in our history that helps us, even at the Constitutional Convention. There's nothing on this. So they looked at it, and they went through it very carefully. And I read it. And they concluded, no, not because the Constitution's Constitution compels it, but you really can't or shouldn't indict a sitting president. Well, why? Because you will wind up decapitating the executive branch. You will undermine the voters who voted for that president. They didn't vote for the vice president to become president. They voted for that president. You will endanger America's national security. You will do all these things because a president cannot possibly effectively be a president and at the same time have time to defend himself and keep himself free. Any citizen would have difficulty doing that, let alone a man who's who's the head of the executive branch and in fact is the executive branch. He's one third of our government. Moreover, there are other issues like how would he be able to negotiate with other countries? <coughs> He'd have no respect whatsoever. And what if he's convicted and he winds up in jail? Then what? We can always impeach him. Okay, great. But what if he can't remove him? So impeachment is the process by which the framers of the Constitution set up a a constitutional slash political process for removing a president, not a criminal process. And so they concluded in 1973 that using the best thinking and reasoning and practicality that we possibly can, that the official position of the Department of Justice is no, you cannot and must not indict a sitting president. You cannot allow a prosecutor and a grand jury and then later a prosecutor and a trial jury and a judge to determine the outcome of a, not just an election, but also the decision about about whether you remove a president or not. Can you imagine having a prosecutor and a jury Deciding if a president stays in office or not. So this is the opposite of democracy. Which leads us to Donald Trump. If Donald Trump is elected president. The same argument applies that was argued in 1973 and 2000 that essentially went through all those arguments as well. And effectively rubber stamped the position the government took in 1973. So have a Democrat Department of Justice and a Republican Department of Justice saying no. 
you really can't indict a sitting president unless you want to destroy the constitutional construct. And moreover, you're violating his due process because he can't possibly defend himself. You know, he has to sit with his lawyers for hours at a time. They have to go over depositions. They have to go over documents. They have to go over exculpatory information. They have to go over now texts and emails and on and on and on videos, perhaps a million documents, nine months of videos. That's just one case here. Just one case. And so the fear also was you would open the door to the kind of activity that's taking place today. By the Democrat Party. All right, let's stay focused. So does it follow that a president can pardon himself? We don't know. President has never been indicted. A candidate who wins the presidency has never been indicted. Can he pardon himself? Again, you have to look at what is rational. What is practical. The impact it has on the nation. Because the Constitution doesn't tell us. There's nothing to stop a president from pardoning himself. That's number one. Certainly not from federal charges. So, given the, the conclusion of the Department of Justice under different administrations in 73 and 20, that you cannot indict a sitting president, then the conclusion logically follows that a sitting president who is indicted can pardon himself. There's no reason he can't. Now here's the next shoe on this. Having read this opinion in 2000, that includes the 1973 arguments and their own arguments, and they conclude, look, you cannot indict a sitting president because of the dangers the nation faces, because you will decapitate the executive branch, you will cripple the ability of of an elected president to function, and on and on and on. The question is now, if the Georgia indictments stand, and Donald Trump's elected president, can he pardon himself from these state charges? The truth is, the Constitution doesn't tell us. In fact, neither do the memos from the Department of Justice. But the Department of Justice, those memos do tell us something. What do they tell us? That the reason, the reason why it's the Department of Justice's position to federal prosecutors that you cannot indict a sitting president is because the dire circumstances that could create in our constitutional system with a decapitated executive branch and without the president being able to defend himself. That's their conclusion. That's all there is. It's a rational argument. Some might even call it an equity argument. Whatever the argument is, that's it. So the question then becomes, and I've heard Jonathan Turley say this, perhaps some others, I don't remember who they are, and I have nothing but respect for him, by the way, but a president cannot pardon himself from state charges. Why is that? 
Well, a president doesn't typically, in fact, he doesn't at all, reach into state charges or convictions based on state law and state judicial systems and pardon people. It's a federalism thing. We just don't do that sort of thing. And my point is that is wholly and completely irrelevant. That has nothing to do with what the Department of Justice said. We're not talking about Ernie Grabowski down the street. We're talking about elected president of the United States who is the executive branch. Not a guy who's been embezzling funds from a bank and then a president decides, you know, I feel bad for that guy. I'm going to pardon him. So I would agree. No, the president does not have authority to do that. But does he have the authority to pardon himself for the very reasons the Department of Justice said? That you cannot indict a sitting president at the federal level? Am I making any sense to you so far, Mr. Producer? Well, let's step back and take a look at this. Since we're not really talking strictly about the Constitution, we're talking about what happens to the Constitution. Let's step back and take a look at this. There are literally thousands of DAs and assistant DAs, state prosecutors and local prosecutors all across the country. If it is the position that Fannie Willis and Alvin Bragg and the others can get away with, say, prosecuting Donald Trump even if he's elected president, What do you think would happen to the country then and thereafter, Mr. Producer? In other words, the exposure to destroying the executive branch and the federal constitutional construct is a thousand times worse. So clearly it's an important federal constitutional matter, is it not, America? And surely, let me even throw in Article 6, the Supremacy Clause would apply, would it not, America? As applies to the President of the United States, not Ernie Grabowski, the embezzler, the bank embezzler, in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm not talking about him. And neither was the Department of Justice. They were talking about if hypotheticals involving a President of the United States. How can it possibly be as a matter of practicality and logic that the position of the Department of Justice is you cannot indict a sitting president and it follows from there that he can't pardon himself except if you're a state prosecutor or local prosecutor then prosecute away. Go ahead. Do it. That can't be right. That makes no sense. So we have a clause in the Constitution that helps us work our way through this, the Supremacy Clause. And the President does have the pardon power. And so it would follow, it seems to me, without much argument. These are all novel questions because of what the Democrats are doing today. They're all novel questions, but there are better answers than others. It would certainly follow then, based on the conclusion the Department of Justice reached in 73 and in 2000, that states cannot indict a sitting president, 
And that if a candidate running for office is indicted and becomes president, that the president can, in fact, pardon himself. With or without the supremacy clause, I think the supremacy clause makes it stronger. But for the same reasons that we say federal prosecutors can't indict the president and that a president can pardon himself from federal charges, it's not that complicated. And it's certainly the much stronger argument than the one our friend Jonathan Turley is making. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know what helps me sleep well at night? Physical gold. I'm concerned about what the Biden administration is doing, and I've decided to learn more about gold IRAs to help me diversify. Did you know you can buy gold for your IRA or 401k? Gold can't be tracked like digital currency. No one has to know what you're buying, and there's no way to print more. My best resource for gold IRAs is Augusta Precious Metals. Their track record is no less than phenomenal. Learn why thousands of Americans are getting gold IRAs as part of the retirement portfolios and you need to contact Augusta Precious Metals and get their free guide. I'm serious. Text LEVIN to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Now, one of the things a good lawyer does, or even more than that, a good strategist, military strategist, political strategist, financial or business strategist does, is try and figure out who's moving in what direction. Try and get ahead of the ahead of the curve, as they say. Or while they're playing checkers, you're playing chess. You know, whatever the the argument is. And so you look at this and you say to yourself, why is Smith so desperate to get this trial on these phony January 6th issues started in January, on January 2nd? Why is Willis, after spending two and a half years, so desperate to begin a trial in January or February? Obviously to affect election, but what is the reason, the possible reason, from a constitutional perspective that they're doing this? Stick with me. This is step number two. You know what helps me sleep well at night? Physical gold. I'm concerned about what the Biden administration is doing, and I've decided to learn more about gold IRAs to help me diversify. Did you know you can buy gold for your IRA or 401k? Gold can't be tracked like digital currency. No one has to know what you're buying, and there's no way to print more. My best resource for gold IRAs is Augusta Precious Metals. Their track record is no less than phenomenal. Learn why thousands of Americans are getting gold IRAs as part of the retirement portfolios, and you need to contact Augusta Precious Metals and get their free guide. I'm serious. Text LEVIN to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. 
Magba then, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. This is what I do, folks. Not conspiracy theories, not collusion. People who are a lot dumber than I, who have a lot lower IQ than I, or people who didn't come to the proper conclusions, they like to besmirch other people. Just stick with me. We're so far ahead of these people, it's not even funny. So I've laid out indictment and pardons. And... But let's move on a second. Ask yourself a question. You've got a guy, Jack Smith, who's been known to twist the law, to rewrite the law, to expand the definition of laws. That is among several of the unethical if not illegal tactics that the man uses. So why did he charge Donald Trump with insurrection? Because he didn't have to. Stick with me. Fannie Willis in Georgia, she's clearly been collaborating with Smith. She wouldn't say no when she was asked. What is her case really all about? It's really about insurrection without calling it an insurrection. RICO? RICO false statements? Fraudulent statements? 19 defendants? Who all get together in one form or another, all commit some piece of the action? To prevent the true vote from coming out in Georgia, and she even goes further, into six other states. This is a county prosecutor. Six other states. As examples of this grave injustice. People say she's throwing in the kitchen sink. It's preposterous. So what is she doing? Come on now. We've got to go deep here. We've got to be really, really smart. What are they doing? Jack Smith, who charges everybody for anything, chooses not to pull the insurrection trigger. Fannie Willis does a 98-page indictment, 41 charges, 19 defendants, the president, his chief of staff, his lawyers, other staffers. What is she up to? She goes... Interstate, raises federal issues. Well, there is no state insurrection law, to my knowledge, in Georgia that would apply to a federal election, but nonetheless, she's making the claim, in so many words, that this was an insurrection. Let me read something to you. Stay with me. Follow me. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. This thing's been bouncing around. Bouncing around, two knuckleheads at the Federalist Society who are so-called conservative professors. They've taken a view, you don't even have to be convicted of insurrection to be denied the ballot or even the presidency if you're elected under this Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. But they're not the first to say this. There's an entire movement under the radar, funded by dark money, the usual Democrat billionaires, We're trying to persuade election officials and state attorneys general, particularly in blue states, that Trump shouldn't be on the ballot. Well, he's convicted or not. Let me read it to you. 
and the relevant part comes near the end. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector, a president, and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or an officer of the United States, is a member of any legislature or is an executive or judicial officer of any state, to support the Constitution of the United States, shall engage in insurrection or rebellion against the same, or give an aid and comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such disabilities. In other words, you don't have to be convicted of anything. But, Jack Smith wants a conviction on something. So he lowers the bar. He brings in the Klan statute. He brings in the Enron statute. He brings in the financial obstruction statute. Insurrection would be very difficult, if not impossible, to prove. But he can do it through the back door. Now, how do we know? Because at his press event, what did he say? He basically accused Donald Trump of leading an insurrection, what was done to the Capitol building and so forth. But that's not, certainly not precisely, the charges that he brought. He doesn't have to prove an insurrection in his view. Just one charge. That's all. And the sooner the better. We've got to have this trial immediately, and I've got the perfect judge to do it, the most radical Obama judge. I'm in the perfect city to do it. They voted 5% for Trump. He can't possibly have a fair trial. I've got a judge that's going to move this thing along as fast as possible because she knows what the prosecutor's thinking. I know what the prosecutor's thinking. All I need to do is get him on the Klan statute. All I need to do is get him on one of these Enron charges. All I need to do is to get him on this financial obstruction statute. Something. Then I'll put out a press statement and say, see? See what Donald Trump did on January 6th. I don't even have to use the word insurrection. The media, the law professors, and the others will do it for him. So we have this Willis in Atlanta. What the hell is she up to? Other than the obvious, what is she up to? She's basically shadowing Smith's case. She's saying, I got a lot of stuff here in the state. You know, we got the president with this phone call, which was perfectly fine. We have him and his staff talking to state representatives, which you're allowed to do. We have him claiming that he actually won the election, which he's allowed to do, and on and on and on. He's being charged for things he's allowed to do. And then she pulls it all together. She throws in 18 other defendants. We got quite a quagmire here. All I need is one charge. Just one. So, and honestly, she says, I don't even need that. She goes extra constitutional, that is extra Georgia Constitution. She bring in the U.S. Constitution, bring in other states. It's all. Why? Because of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. There's already a head of steam building among the radical Democrats who hate America, who are destroying our country, destroying our electoral system. They've destroyed law and order in the cities. 
and they're destroying federal law enforcement. Starting with Hillary Clinton and the DNC and Russia collusion, but it's never stopped, despite the Dorm report exposing it. It's worse. It's the Obama, Holder, Biden, Garland Department of Justice, which isn't about justice at all. It's about a revolution. It's about monopolizing the voting system. It's about controlling the government. It's about silencing your opponents through massive censorship efforts that were exposed. And if they don't shut the hell up, it's about punishing them, targeting them, prisoning them, certainly investigating them. Parents, pro-lifers, doesn't matter. So Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which they bastardized, but nonetheless... If you shall engage in insurrection or rebellion against the same, you cannot run for president of the United States. That is, you cannot be a president. This is what Jack Smith is up to in his phony January 6th case, and this is what Fanny Willis and her Fanny are up to in Atlanta. You've got to be thinking strategically, be thinking about what they're thinking, and that's what they're doing. That is exactly what they're doing. In the venue matter, you can tell when you're over the target when MSNBC is wetting itself collectively because that is the network, them and CNN. Maggie Haberman, New York Times, and the rest of them, Washington Post, They are the go-to state media operations when the government wants to get its message out. They're the ones. And so when I mention, Jim Trustee mentions, why are they bringing charges in a Democrat city that went 5% for Trump in a grand jury and then throwing those indictments down into Florida? against Department of Justice rules. The limitations on venue selection when it comes to grand juries. That's their manual, not mine. Why are they doing that? On documents? Because they think that's their easiest case. And they think it in part because Bill Barr and others keep telling it. That's an easy one. I don't think it is. In the least, I think they have a lot of defenses. No, no, it's the easiest one. That's the easy one. It's the easy one. So what the Jack Smith so-called January 6th case is about, which really has nothing to do with January 6th, and the Atlantic case is really about, is building the case for insurrection under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Now, don't get me wrong. They want convictions. They desperately want convictions. And Fannie Willis is hearing, even from very, very smart people who we respect that if she gets a conviction on Trump, there's nothing he can do about it. It's simply not true. Any more than there's nothing he can do about a federal charge. That's simply not true, according to the Department of Justice. But notice this, America. Notice the lengths to which the Democrat Party their media, their lawyers, 
their judges, their prosecutors will go to destroy America. We have never done this to our electoral system, ever. The charges that Willis and her fanny brought, these are garden variety practices by politicians in every state in the union. Now I'm going to prove that to you. Prove it to you. As soon as we return, I really hope you're you're zoning into this hour because I think it's very, very important. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know what helps me sleep well at night? Physical gold. I'm concerned about what the Biden administration is doing, and I've decided to learn more about gold IRAs to help me diversify. Did you know you can buy gold for your IRA or 401k? Gold can't be tracked like digital currency. No one has to know what you're buying, and there's no way to print more. My best resource for gold IRAs is Augusta Precious Metals. Their track record is no less than phenomenal. Learn why thousands of Americans are getting gold IRAs as part of the retirement portfolios, and you need to contact Augusta Precious Metals and get their free guide. I'm serious. Text LEVIN to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. So what, what the Trump people were doing in Georgia and elsewhere was actually rather common, routine. Obviously, you don't believe it if you hear the Democrat Party state-run media, if you hear their propagandists, if you hear the judges in Washington, D.C., and the prosecutors. We're not talking about violence. We're talking about nonviolent protesters. We're also talking about trying to find more votes, legally, uh, questioning, uh, voting practices, all of that is perfectly fine. Alan Dershowitz writing, writing in the Daily Mail today. He said, electoral challenges have been long part of American history. Only now are they being criminalized. I was one of the lawyers involved in objections to Florida's presidential vote in 2000. A margin of less than 600 ballots determined that Governor George W. Bush, rather than Vice President Al Gore, won the state, and thus the Electoral College votes. I was convinced then, and I am convinced now, that this result was wrong. No one was indicted, disbarred, disciplined, or even much criticized for those efforts. Yet here we stand today. President Trump and 18 other defendants have been charged with election fraud, conspiracy, racketeering, and more under a law designed to take down criminal organizations known as the RICO Act. Should Al Gore have been charged in 2000? What about me, says Dershowitz? I represented the voters of Palm Beach County, many of whom voted by mistake for Pat Buchanan, rather than Al Gore because of the infamous butterfly ballots and hanging chads that prevented their votes from being accurately counted. During the course of our challenges, many tactics similar to those employed in 2020 were employed. Lawyers wrote legal memoranda outlining possible courses of conduct, including proposing a slate of alternate electors who would deliver our preferred election results to Congress. I'm telling you, this is normal stuff, America. I've been telling you this 
for which, of course, Media Matters and media and all the low-brow, low-IQ, bottom-feeding Democrats apparently work. Now Trump and his attorney, Rudy Giuliani, along with others, are accused of conspiracy to commit forgery and false statements for drafting their list of alternate electors? In 2000, Florida state officials were lobbied to secure recounts in selected counties, which we thought the tally would favor us. We were trying to find at least 600 votes that would change the result. Now, this new indictment features Trump's phone call with Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, which was captured in audio recording in the conversation. Trump asked Raffensperger to find 12,000 votes. Now, having listened to that, not the whole thing, but in context, he doesn't even do that. In my mind, this call is among the most exculpatory pieces of evidence, says Dershowitz. Trump was entitled as a candidate to ask a Georgia state official to locate votes that he believes were not counted. And that's what happened. In 2000, attempts were made to influence various Florida officials to recount the votes. Now the former president's request that Georgia Republican Speaker of the House reconsider the count is being charged as soliciting a public official to violate his oath. But if similar behavior was legal in 2000, how can it be illegal in 2023? I'm going to continue this piece because it's so important. And Dershowitz has so much guts to put it out there. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Those of you who have purchased your pre-order copies of the Democrat Party Hates America, you're very sharp people. You really are. These discussions we have every day, including today, but you see going on on Fox, other conservative shows, all involve one thing and share the same thread, the Democrat Party. And I was reading from the book to some of the TV staff earlier today. I had time to do it. They were stunned by some of the information. Spellbound. And so, again, I want to encourage you, trot on over. No, better yet, speed over to Amazon.com or any major retailer with a link. But over there, it's 40% off, 39, but 40%, I rounded up. To get your pre-order copies, get in the queue. So when the book does come out on September 19th, you'll have yours at your door, and we'll get going on this. We already have significant uh, discussion prepared for media, on radio, on working on setting up with some of our radio friends and radio networks. And they're always fantastic. 
over on Fox. I'm only allowed to appear on Fox, according to my contract, so we will appear on Fox. Sean Hannity and I will talk for an entire hour on his program before the book's released days before. And also, uh, Pete Hegseth will be interviewing me for an hour on the book a week or so later. So we have a big program set. Uh, we have book signings, handful of them, but nonetheless, very, very important. I believe the Reagan Library has like 12, 12 seats left in the pour-over part of their facility, Mr. Producer. And about 50 books left where you get in line and we get to meet and get to talk and I sign your book and you're guaranteed I won't leave until that occurs. There's about 50 of those slots left if you're still interested. I believe there's 12, give or take, seats left in the pour-over area. The main Reagan Library has been sold out since uh, within an hour of our announcement last week. So this gives you an indication of the desire of people not to lose their country. Now, what Alan Dershowitz wrote was very important because the the management of the clock by me was quasi-professional, or if not worse, <clears throat> I want to start at the beginning because it's very, very important. Because he gives the substance to the things I've been saying, which is what Donald Trump has done in this election has been treated as some mass criminal enterprise, some insurrection. But it's actually fairly common. The discussions in Georgia, the discussions in Arizona, the activities in Pennsylvania, the lawsuits and all, very common. And this is the problem with what the Democrat Party has now done and the Biden administration have now done. So let's, let's really focus in on what he's saying here. He, he's a Democrat lawyer, but he calls him as he sees him. More than anything else, he's a civil libertarian. Folks, if you don't take him at his word at this point, I mean, he represented Donald Trump in the first impeachment. He's a, he's a, he's a remarkably unique type of individual. You don't always have to agree with him. God knows we don't always agree. That doesn't matter. And he writes this book, Get Trump, The Threat to Civil Liberties, Due Process, and Our Constitutional Rule of, Life, Rule of Law. My God, that was prescient. I did a show, you might recall, the opening of the show a week or two ago on Fox, in which I talked about all these controversial elections, where all kinds of stuff took place. He says, electoral challenges in the Daily Mail, which came out tonight, electoral challenges have long been part of American history, and only now are they being criminalized. That's the key to what you need to understand. These are the same people who used Russia collusion and lied. These are the same people who impeached the president twice over nothing. These are the same people who pressured for an independent counsel, prosecutor, during the course of his presidency. They've been trying coup after coup to stop Trump. And now they accuse the Republicans and Trump and MAGA of doing what they did. He says, I was one of the lawyers involved in objections to the Florida presidential vote in 2000. Marginal less than 600 ballots determined that Governor George W. Bush, rather than Vice President Al Gore, won the state and thus the Electoral College vote. Notice how quiet George W. Bush is because he hates Trump. Karl Rove is out there trashing Trump. 
And so we can say, I guess that 2000 election was illegitimate, too. You would think they know better. No, but they're very personal. You know, the Jeb Bush thing and the Trump thing, they haven't gotten over it. Dershowitz writes, I was convinced then and I'm convinced now that this result was wrong. No one was indicted, disbarred, disciplined, or even much criticized for those efforts. Yet here we stand today. Trump and 18 other defendants have been charged with election fraud, conspiracy, racketeering, and more. Under a law designed to take down criminal organizations known as the RICO Act. Should Al Gore have been charged in 2000? What about me, he says. I represented the voters of Palm Beach County. Many of whom voted by mistake for Pat Buchanan rather than Gore. Because of the infamous butterfly ballots and hanging chads that prevented their votes from being accurately counted, he writes. During the course of our challenges, many tactics similar to those employed in 2020 were attempted. Lawyers wrote legal memoranda outlining possible courses of conduct, including proposing a slate of alternative electors who would deliver our preferred election results to Congress. This is something that's always considered and sometimes done. Now Trump and his attorney Rudy Giuliani, along with others, are accused of a conspiracy to commit forgery and false statements for drafting their list of alternate electors. In 2000, Florida state officials were lobbied to secure recounts in selected counties in which we thought the tally would favor us. We were trying to find at least 600 votes that would change the result. This new indictment features Trump's phone call with Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, which was captured in audio recording. And in that conversation, Trump asked him to find 12,000 votes. In my mind, this calls among the most exculpatory pieces of evidence, said Sturchwitz. Trump was entitled as a candidate to ask a Georgia state official to locate votes that he believes were not counted. And by the way, when you read or listen to the audio, he's concerned about Republican areas where the votes have not yet been counted. He's concerned about Republican areas where he hears that votes have not yet been counted. And that's what he's talking about, going to try and find the votes. In 2000, attempts were made to influence various Florida officials to recount the votes. Now the former president's request that Georgia's Republican Speaker of the House reconsider the count is being charged as soliciting a public official to violate his oath. But if similar behavior was legal in 2000, how could it be illegal in 2023? In the end, all those efforts in Florida failed when the Supreme Court in a 5-4 to four vote ordered the recount stopped, thereby turning the election over to President George W. Bush. Now, of course, this is his take on it, but nonetheless, it's useful. I wrote a book entitled Supreme Injustice, condemning the Supreme Court's decision and insisting the election had been stolen from Gore and improperly handed to the candidate who received fewer votes. The book was a bestseller, f- featured in front-page reviews of the New York Times and other major publications. Most Americans thought that those challenging the Florida vote, it, vote had acted in good faith, even though the courts ruled against them. Even though the courts ruled against them. What's different today is that many observers do not believe that Trump and his advisors were sincere when they declared that they won the election. But that doesn't make what they did a crime. The Georgia indictment hinges on the allegation 
that Trump was lying in order to corruptly prevent the inauguration of the candidate who won the election fair and square. Conspiracy and RICO violations are specific intent crimes. In order to secure a conviction, prosecutors must prove a personalized agreement to join a criminal activity. That will be an incredibly difficult case to make. Yeah, but not in front of a Democrat jury, it won't. Especially regarding Trump himself, who, to my knowledge, has never wavered from his belief that the election was stolen. My God, people keep telling him to stop talking about it. And the idea that he doesn't believe it is ridiculous. He's wrong, says Dershowitz, but again, that's not to prove him guilty. The First Amendment and general criminal law principles protect the right to be wrong, especially if that right is based on an honest mistake or belief. Many point to the claim that Trump associates allegedly stole voting machine data, but that accusation is hotly contested. The jury will have to access the credibility, excuse me, will have to assess the credibility of each side. The fundamental truth of this indictment is that if the evidence of specific crimes were compelling, there would be no need to charge under the owner's intent requirements of RICO and conspiracy laws. The proof is not compelling because these electoral challenges have precedent. Once again, as with the preceding three Trump indictments, The law is being stretched to its limits in order to snare a former president. Show me the man and I'll show you the crime. And we know who said that, Beria. Is this really what we want our country to be? Is this really what our country has become? When prosecutions are rooted in the fickle ground of politics and not the solid rock of justice, everything will crumble, says Dershowitz. Now, why don't you consider what Dershowitz said and compare that to what Chris Christie says. Compare it to what Bill Barr says. Compare it to what all these other reprobates and malcontents say. Why is Alan Dershowitz speaking out so much? Why does he write a piece like this? Why does he write an entire book on this subject? Why is he willing to come on my show, unlike Chris Christie? Unlike Andrew Weissman? Why? Because he's right, and he knows it, I know it, we all know it. That's why. He's not running for anything. In fact, he's taking enormous abuse from his latte liberals on Martha's Vineyard and elsewhere. And he has told me that if he ever showed up to Harvard, to the law school there, to teach a course and to make a speech, he doesn't think. He doesn't think he'd be welcome very much. In fact, I'm convinced that he'd take, be taking his own, his own life in his own hands, as so many conservative speakers do on these campuses. He's considered a traitor. Traitor to the cause. What's the cause? I'm 100% convinced that Jack Smith is the head Svengali, that he's coordinating with these DAs, that they go over the various charges that they're going to bring, that the one, the one reporter had enough sense to ask Willis and her fanny. If she had talked to Smith, she immediately said she's not discussing her investigation. 
Well, then she basically told us that she has, and it's part of her investigation. And that what's going on here is an effort in these two cases, obviously to convict Donald Trump of something or everything, to send a message to anybody who would dare challenge an election, to send a message to anybody who would dare represent a conservative Republican candidate, or to challenge an election, that they would face this 65 project that seeks to disbar them, and these Democrat prosecutors who seek to destroy them by indicting them. And they're trying to make a case out for insurrection, even though Trump is not charged with insurrection. To destroy his possibility to even get on a ballot, or to become president should he even be elected. Might remember Eric Holder said that if he's convicted of anything, should he be elected president, he should be immediately impeached. Eric Holder is a Svengali behind this too. Jack Smith used to work for Eric Holder. Jack Smith used to work with Andrew Weissman, who's all over TV commenting. Jack Smith used to work with James Comey. Notice you don't hear anything from him. He's laying low. All the dirty work's being done. And on the other side of the coin, we see Joe Biden enjoying life, taking more vacations than working days. Going to run for re-election, if he can do it. Doesn't really have to campaign, doesn't really have to tell the truth. Unless there's an internal Democrat Party coup to knock him off and get somebody else in there. But why would there be? They're getting everything they want and more. They're doing it with a man who has an IQ of a kumquat. I'll be right back. Mark You know a company's looking for you when they actually upgrade your service and don't charge you for it? This is great news and for new and current Pure Talk customers. Pure Talk just added data to every plan and is including a mobile hotspot with each one with no price increase whatsoever. Now, if you've considered Pure Talk before but haven't pulled the trigger, take a look again. Just $20 a month for unlimited talk text and now 50% more 5G data plus mobile hotspot. Just 20 bucks a month, folks. This is why I love Pure Talk. That also happens to be veteran-owned and only hires the best customer service team right here in America. Most families are saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Just go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST to make the switch to Pure Talk and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. Make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. Let me further prove my point that what's going on in Georgia, as also the Jack Smith case, but in Georgia is really an attempt at this insurrection issue, January 6th. And no better person to prove it than Adam Schiff himself. Cut to go. But do you think voters have already made up their minds? Are they desensitized to these indictments? Uh, I think that there are still a great many Americans who are going to be very interested to watch these trials. And I'm particularly grateful that in Georgia that trial is likely to be televised. Uh, I've been urging the Judicial Conference uh, and led a letter to uh, that conference with dozens of my colleagues 
urging that the federal proceedings be televised because I think it's going to be enormously It's amazing important. how he wants transparency, but the January 6th committee was the opposite. It was opaque as hell. Remember when he went into the basement, into the dungeon of the House of Representatives to conduct depositions, America? Now they've destroyed many of those records. But don't worry, he wants the Trump trials televised. Yeah. I think next they're going to want one of those sort of those torture devices where they put people in them and they throw tomatoes at them, Mr. Producer. That'll be next. Sure, we'll do that just for the fun of it. Go ahead. People who have an open mind get to watch that it's not filtered. Uh, People in who have an open or... mind, meaning if you're a left-wing kook Democrat. Go ahead. So I, I, I applaud the hard work uh, of the grand jury uh, in Fulton County, uh, the willingness to go forward. Uh, and I'm glad the American people are going to get to watch at least one of these trials. Uh, and I'm particularly also uh, struck by how much the Georgia indictment really tracks the work of the January 6th committee, and in particular the hearing uh, that I led. And uh, it's, I, I think, uh, very similar to the federal January 6th indictment uh, in tracking the work of our committee. You can always count on this idiot to screw things up. He just said... And I just saw this, right, Mr. Producer? He just said the truth. That these are backdoor insurrection efforts to stop Trump from getting on the ballot or being president under the 14th Amendment. That's what he said. You know what companies looking for you when they actually upgrade your service and don't charge you for it? This is great news and for new and current Pure Talk customers. Pure Talk just added data to every plan and is including a mobile hotspot with each one with no price increase whatsoever. Now, if you've considered Pure Talk before but haven't pulled the trigger, take a look again. Just $20 a month for unlimited talk text and now 50% more 5G data plus mobile hotspot. Just 20 bucks a month, folks. This is why I love Pure Talk. It also happens to be veteran-owned and only hires the best customer service team right here in America. Most families are saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Just go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast to make the switch to Pure Talk and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, go to puretalk.com, enter promo code L-E-V-I-N Podcast and make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. Mark Luffin, an unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist. You can reach him at 877-381-3811. Walter Isaacson has been showing up. He's another historian. Just so you know, Isaacson, Beschlosh, uh, these others that you see on TV, on MSNBC and CNN, the vast majority of them have been advisors to Joe Biden. Were you aware of that, Mr. Producer? Yeah, that's in the book, too. And so when you see them coming on, trashing Trump, trashing MAGA, trashing conservatives, trashing Republicans, where are they? Why aren't they back? What are they doing? Blah, blah, blah. Just understand who these people are. They're frauds. So Walter Isaacson has a book coming out the week before I do. And he's pushing the hell out of his pre-orders. Pushing the hell out of his pre-orders. And so he's showing up on MSNBC, showing up on CNN, he's showing up on NBC and ABC and CBS. 
and he'll be showing up more. And they want to get the radical leftists to buy his book. They want it to be number one when it comes out. I have no way of knowing what his pre-orders are doing, but I'm sure they're doing very well with the hard left. He's now a professor at Tulane University. Again, he's one of, he's one of Biden's advisors. And I want you to hear this low life. That's right, I said low life. These pretend historians. Cut six, go. One of the things that is interesting is that this is somewhat of a global phenomenon. The yearning for the strong man, the uh, turning away of the messiness of democracy as not being the best possible system. Don't you, you find can... it amazing that the Democrat Party is now the party of democracy and voting? This is how they do it. This is how they do it. The party of slavery and the Klan and segregation is the party of the civil rights movement. Didn't you know that? Oh, yeah. The GOP and the Democrats switch places. How did that happen? Propaganda, that's how. It's amazing. Now, the party of democracy, you see, the party that wants to change our election laws in such significant ways as to ensure the outcome that Democrats win. And to put in prison anybody who dares to challenge them. See, if this guy were a real historian, he would have done what I did a few weeks ago, which is my opening statement on Fox to go through the contentious elections in American history. Well, so what kind of historian is this? Anyway, go ahead. Happening in Israel, you certainly see it happening. So you in see, Netanyahu is a strong man. Netanyahu wins election, cobbles together his coalition government, is trying to reform the country so there's more democracy and less judicial oligarchy. But he's taking on the radical Marxists that exist in his own country. Like the former chief judge of the Supreme Court in Israel, his name was Barack. A lunatic in my view. They seized all the power from the Knesset, their parliament seized all the power from their voters. And they decided we will make all final decisions about any damn thing we want to. And you know what their test is? Reasonableness. Now imagine reasonableness being the test. They make decisions about every aspect of their society. And Netanyahu runs, as do other parties. And he says, we need, to, we need to pull this back. We need to get back to the status quo before all this took place. Because even though the people vote and we fight over getting these coalitions together and we work so hard through our democratic process our parliamentary process, we have a relative handful of judges with black robes who, by the way, appoint themselves to the court. It's incestuous. Who make the final decision. This is not a democracy of any sort. And so Walter Isaacson defines the people who are trying to reinstate some aspect of representative government and democracy against the judicial oligarchy they're the strong man, Netanyahu. They're the strong man who oppose elections because he, he sat down one night, I'm sure, over a Chardonnay with a bottle of Chardonnay and a very long straw. And he figures to himself, you know what? We, we, uh, we elites, we ruling class types, who are, you know, these people who advise these, these leaders who control our lives, we have the ability to to propagandize. I told you ideas mean everything. Anyway, go ahead. 
and various other places in Europe. I'm hoping that this combination of populism and yearning for the strong man, which we've seen grow over the past decade, Trump tapped into it. Most of the time, these fevers break. Sometimes they don't. We have a couple examples in the 20th century where the fever didn't break. And oh, I see. This war. is the Trump is Hitler. You understand? This is the Trump is Hitler stuff. I've had enough of this fool. Now, Walter Isaacson's going to sell a lot of books. He's going to influence a lot of people prior to the election. People are going to take his book to various dinners and parties, Thanksgiving. They're going to use his book. They're going to quote from his book. And I got sick and tired of this stuff from these phony historians. I said, I want our people, the true patriots, the people who really believe in republicanism and democracy. Not the frauds and the phonies who are on the public dole in these these various universities and colleges keep pushing their agenda, trying to rewrite what's taking place, that they're the small-D Democrats, and you and I, you and I, we're the autocrats. That's why I wrote, the Democrat Party hates America. So we have a fighting chance, so you have a fighting chance. There are tens of millions of us, we have to spread our word. We can't allow this fool to get away with this, and the other fools that they give him platforms like Joey Scarborough, they say he lives in Jupiter. I believe he lives in Uranus, Mr. Producer. With his wife, of course. So the battlefield of ideas, the battlefield, believe it or not, of books makes a huge difference. Which is why I keep asking you, please go to Amazon and get the book. Which is why I wrote it. My life would be a lot easier if I dropped a few of these projects but the country, I, I just can't give up on the country. I'm just being honest with you. I just can't. John Avalon is a guy who started what they call the No Labels Group. And the label of the No Labels Group is No Labels. And they're always left of center. They always have rhinos, never Trumpers, and liberals. So they call themselves No Labels. I call themselves losers. So here he is. He's a senior political analyst on CNN. Isn't that right, Mr. Producer? So here's the guy, no labels on CNN. That just shows you what a fraud he is. Used to work for Giuliani. Now he works for the system. They're so self-right. We're no label. You know, we call them as we see them. We're objective. We take. No, you're not. You're putzes. And then they like to stare down at you and condescend to you, Republicans all, and tell you how you're destroying America, how you're destroying the party, how you're cowards, how you won't stand up to Trump. Well, Joe Biden is destroying America. They have no concern about him being a crook, about all the evidence out there that's floating around, that him being bought and paid for by the communist Chinese, tens of millions of dollars, doesn't even concern them. They're not even curious about it. So that tells you who they are. They've chosen sides. Go ahead, cut seven, please. I, I agree with SC that there's this, 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 this cowardly denialism that is seeping into the Republican Party, with a few honorable exceptions. Campaigns are about contrasts. 
They're about showing the confidence to actually lead. Now that's not what that- campaigns are really about, Mr. No Labels, with no guts, no spine, no sense. Contrast, that's a tactic, an important tactic. But campaigns should be about a lot more than that. Tell me, America, when Abraham Lincoln was running for president of the United States, was it a campaign of contrast? Well, sure. But I think it was a little bigger than that, don't you? It's about how are we going to save the republic? How are we going to end slavery? Who's the best to lead? That's what campaigns are really supposed to be about. In Washington, D.C., and in New York, where these hacks all live, where these phony frauds all live, where they pretend to know something that you don't know, where they all talk to each other and convince each other of their wisdom and how stupid you are and anybody you support is. And by the way, that's whether it was Eisenhower when they considered him stupid or they went after Nixon. And Reagan, of course, was considered stupid. All the Democrats are geniuses. Go ahead. And making a reality-based argument for why he is a wounded elephant frontrunner, which he is. 91 counts, that's not any sign of strength. However you want to spin it. All right, thanks, pal. Why don't you save your breath and save the environment at the same time? He's a frontman, basically, for Chris Christie. This is the Chris Christie argument. He's wounded. Like it or not, there's 91 charges against him. And ladies and gentlemen, is that how we roll? Like it or not, there's 91 charges against somebody? So just surrender? No, I don't think so. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know a company is looking for you when they actually upgrade your service and don't charge you for it? This is great news and for new and current Pure Talk customers. Pure Talk just added data to every plan and is including a mobile hotspot with each one with no price increase whatsoever. Now, if you've considered Pure Talk before but haven't pulled the trigger, take a look again. Just $20 a month for unlimited talk text and now 50% more 5G data plus mobile hotspot. Just 20 bucks a month, folks. This is why I love Pure Talk. It also happens to be veteran-owned and only hires the best customer service team right here in America. Most families are saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Just go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST to make the switch to Pure Talk and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. And make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. Folks, I want to talk to you very briefly about something very important. Jenna Ellis has become a friend of ours. She's a very kind and decent human being. She has her own podcast. And she worked tirelessly to support the Trump campaign and as a great advocate to help him in his his various battles and disputes. And she was among those indicted by the radical Democrat Georgia DA, Willis and her fanny. This is an abomination. Now, Jenna Ellis doesn't have enough money to vigorously defend herself. 
And the DA knows this, and they know that when they're doing this to all these people. But she's, you know, she's low on the totem pole, as they say. She's known, but not as well known as some of the others. She needs our help. And we are going to make a donation as soon as I hang up. Excuse me, as soon as the program is over, a significant donation. I want to encourage you to do it, too. And you can go to GoFundMe. It's Jenna Ellis. And I have a link uh, at the bottom of the of the post I just put up on all my sites. So please go over there and help her out. It's very, very important that she be able to vigorously defend herself. What's it called? Give, send, go. I apologize. Give, send, go, not go funny. Give, send, go. You know, we keep our foot on the gas pedal. Very powerful third hour coming. Stick with us. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin. And uh, our number is 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Three eight one three eight one one. Okay. Let me show you how the media work. They throw these uh, screwballs, and then they expect to get away with it. If I see stuff like this, I never let them get away with it. So, you know, I mock Dan Abrams because, well, he's an oddball. If you're going bald, don't buy a wig that looks like a wig, a full wig, and don't paste it to your head. Bald is in these days, I understand, Mr. Producer. You might want to shave your head. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> that's neither here nor there. So I'm a Hattie last night. And I'm speaking in plain English. But lucky Michael Luciano and the others over there at Mediocreite, as well as those at... What's that other one called? I don't even remember anymore. Media doesn't matter for America. They're all backed by a bunch of Democrats. All a bunch of Democrats work for them. And all they do is they sit around and they monitor what other people do and say. So they're basically bleeding hemorrhoids, as I understand it, Mr. Producer. That's all. In other words, a pain in the ass. So I don't monitor this stuff. People send it to me. 
And there you go, the dumbest guy at Mediocreite. And there's a lot of truly stupid morons there. Can you imagine doing this for a career? Is lucky Michael Luciano. I'm lucky Michael Luciano writes a piece. Here's the headline. Mark Levin claims the Democratic Party has hated America since its founding, but the party didn't exist then. Now, if you're literate, you have to look at a sentence and say, what is the subject of the sentence? What has Mark been talking about? The America founding or the founding of the Democrat Party? You see, Mark, this is the impression, is so dumb that he's apparently written a book and he goes on Hannity. The Democrat Party wasn't founded when the nation was founded. It was founded in 1820. And Luciano figured this out because he probably went to Wikipedia. I don't know. And yet Levin makes this crazy mistake. He's such a moron that he says, well, let's read it. Levin appeared, oh, Fox News host Mark Levin said the Democrat Party has hated the United States since its founding in 1776. That's not what I said. A half century before it came into existence. This guy is so stupid. Anybody who reads this, who understands, the fool humiliates himself. Everybody knows the Democrat Party didn't exist when the nation was founded in 1776. Levin appeared as a guest on Tuesday's edition of Hannity, where he gave his take on the history of the Democratic Party while reacting to the latest indictment of Donald Trump on Monday. The former president was indicted by a Fulton County grand jury over his efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election results, which, of course, we know you're never allowed to do. He also faces federal charges over his attempt to subvert the results of the state and others he lost. Subvert the results? Shows you where this fool's coming from, right? Conservatives have tried to flip the narrative on its head by insisting that prosecuting Trump for trying to reverse the election result is actually an attack on democracy and the rule of law. This is how totalitarians, fascists, Marxists, this is how they think. So I'm reading this to you. Oh, Sean Hannity played clips of Democratic politicians calling Trump's presidency illegitimate as if to suggest equivalency. No, it's not equivalent. It's worse. What went unmentioned is the fact that those politicians did not initiate a pressure campaign to get elected officials across the country to nullify Trump's victory in 2016. Well, Alan Dershowitz just talked about what happened in 2000. And I'm sure Lucky Luciano here hasn't figured out who's done pressure campaigns. Maybe Lucky Luciano is not familiar with Mark Elias. Our whole phalanx of Democrat lawyers use pressure tactics who call state legislatures, who call governors, who go in the court, try and block people from getting elected. Ask our friend from New York what happened. I forget her name, but she, oh, Tenney. What they were doing, Paul, what's that? Claudia Tenney. And we can go on and on about it. But why should I? It's a funny thing about the Democrat Party, Levin began. It does hate America. It's hated America since its founding. It helped cause the Civil War and segregation. The Democrat Party was not founded until the 1820s. 
and first nominated a presidential candidate in the form of Andrew Jackson in 1820. In the form of Andrew Jackson, America? How do you nominate somebody in their form? I never said that the Democrat Party has hated America since the American founding. The subject was I said the Democrat Party hates America and it's hated America since its founding. Literacy is a tough thing over at Mediate. Even Mr. Producer said, I don't know what he's talking about. That's what he's trying to do. Levin says, we've gone through several years where they've attacked the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Levin continued, before characterizing Trump's attempt to overthrow the election as normal. Uh, wow. Let me explain something about George and all the rest of it, he said, meaning me. Every one of these damn phony indictments where they dust off these old laws or they take what is normal actions into the course of an election where you're lobbying state legislatures and you're claiming elections are wrong, whether they are wrong or not, whether you're raising legitimate things or not, this is an attack on the people. Every indictment is an attack on our freedom and our ability to vote. He went on to defend Trump, who sought to win by taking unprecedented and possibly illegal measures. Remember the Dershowitz piece? That's why I read it in full last hour. By stating that Democrats care about winning at all costs. Now, let's stop here a minute. Why is he writing this? It's all over the Internet. Fox puts it all over the Internet. We put it all over our social sites. It's on Rumble. It's everywhere. Why do we need an interpreter? Particularly a guy who is low IQ and an imbecile, generally. Why do we need his take on what I said? And this is what he does every day. There was John Adams who said that when the people lose virtue, they're going to lose their freedom, Levin added. Paraphrasing what appears to be a quote from John Adams' second cousin. There's an entire book, you a-hole, in which John Adams writes about liberty. And the key in his book is about virtue. It's possible, you know, that John Adams and Sam Adams said it. It's possible that many great philosophers have said it because they have. But Adams made the point that liberty without virtue is not liberty. Oh, that must be Sam Adams. So what this guy's trying to do is a battle of wits. But if you're a nitwit or a halfwit or a dimwit like lucky Michael Luciano, there is no matching of wits. He doesn't engage me on the facts, this clown. He can't. Levin has flubbed his history before in his book, American Marxism. Oh, yeah, this is where one of these radical websites said he talks about the Franklin School, not the Frankfurt School. The Frankfurt School. It was a typo that I had absolutely nothing to do with. I shouldn't even talk about it because I don't want to throw any people under the bus. I really don't. And yes, a couple of times when I was on TV, I referred to it to Franklin rather than Frankfurt. And so what? So what? This guy just got the whole thing he's writing about wrong. Wrong. So I wanted to straighten it out. It's since the founding of the Democrat Party. From day one, that party has hated America. That's what is intended. That's what was said. 
Everybody understood it. Everybody. Except Lucky Michael Luciano of the Luciano imbecile family. I'll be right back. Mark in. I hope you folks can get over there and help Jen Ellis. I really do. Most of you don't know her. You've heard about her. You saw her from time to time. We've come to know her. She's a great patriot. She's getting no help from anybody. And they're going to just break her financially, and I can't just sit still for that. Just can't. These top Fulton County prosecutors, who you saw standing around with Fanny... Willis, Willis and her fanny. Well, our friends at the Daily Caller, they found something. Arjun Singh, top officials at the Fulton County DA's office, which is prosecuting former President Trump, donated thousands of dollars to Democrat candidates, according to a review of campaign finance records by the Daily Caller News Foundation. How come Maggie Haberman doesn't do that? Because Maggie Haberman's in the business of promoting the Democrat Party, the Biden administration, and she is in love with Donald Trump. She just loves him. She can't stop thinking about him. She can't stop writing about him. She can't stop talking about him. Her husband, if she has one, I don't know if it's a he or she, it doesn't really matter as I understand it, must be so jealous Maggie must come home for dinner from her hard work in the basement as a no-show employee at the New York Slimes, Mr. Producer. And she's working down there, you know, typing away. What can I say about Trump today as she receives her, her leaks from Jack Smith's office and the Department of Justice and then has breaking stories and then somebody on the staff there says, you know what, Maggie, you deserve a Pulitzer. And she said, of course I do. And there's Maggie. And the husband's got to be upstairs with the kids, assuming they have some. There he is. He's doing all the, all the mommy work for the mommy downstairs, doing all the daddy work. May I say that? I think I did. And the Missy, she hates being called Missy. And the missy's there typing away, maybe with one finger, the forefinger on the right hand. I don't know if she took typing or anything of the sort. And there she is, Trump now this, Trump now that, Trump now this, Trump now that. And she's been handed more propaganda from Andrew Weissman, from Joe Scarborough and others. Here's what she says on CNN today. Cut 10, go. And so he is very clearly testing the terms of his release, both in that case and, and I would say with these attacks on prosecutors. The terms of his release? So he was arraigned. And he's allowed to roam the country to run for president. The terms of his release, ladies and gentlemen. Testing the boundaries. Here's what they're doing. It's all over MSNBC and CNN today, so you know. 
the Democrats in and out of the media are pushing hard for this ideologically corrupt, radical left-wing Obama-donating judge who should recuse herself without anybody else's motion to throw Trump in jail prior to any trial. To gag him and throw him in jail. This is what they want. They're pushing the country to the brink. They're pushing the country to the brink. That's okay. Maggie doesn't care. She's in the basement doing her thing. She doesn't live in the real world. She lives in a world of her own making. And in her own little world, they love her. She's a conquering queen. She's a genius. She's brilliant. She talks fast. She writes stories that prove to be false, like all about Russia collusion. And then she's a, she's a palm reader and a mind reader. She knows all about Trump. All about him. Can't stop thinking about him. Should I send her a framed photo of Trump, Mr. Producer? More than one, so she can hang it in every room of her home, particularly the bedroom? Because in her own way, she's making love to Trump all the time. Here's what else she has to say. Go. Be, uh, you know, some lawyers say, and we talk about this in the piece, mm-hmm. other defendants, if they were doing similar things, would be in jail. Now, yeah. it's very complicated to think of something like that happening to somebody with a how many, service. How many defendants are there who are running for president, genius? This is how they play the game. There's never been a defendant like this in American history. Don't give me this other defendants would be in jail crap. He shouldn't be a defendant at all, you moron. Testing the limits of his release. Threatening judges, is he? By speaking his mind, calling them what he thinks they are. I see. And there's Chuck Schumer. Literally threatening violence against two Supreme Court justices. Oh, that's okay. And there's the Democrat Party. Demanding on having hearings about Clarence Thomas and Sam Alito and Neil Gorsuch. Just happened to be the, uh, the three conservatives. But particularly the black man. Clarence Thomas. Got to get him. He's way off the you-know-what. He's not supposed to be way over there. No! Not with those white conservatives. No way. Can't have that. Plus, he actually believes in the country, the Constitution, and the Declaration. No, no, no. This man's threatened constantly. He's intimidated. Not intimidated, but attempts at intimidation constantly. Sam Alito now. Oh, he authored the Dobbs decision. Oh, he must be threatened. What did Sam Alito say? That they all felt like their lives were threatened. Maggot Haberman didn't write anything about that. Go ahead. Is the question of will the judge or the prosecutors seek some kind of recourse as he continues to talk? So this is the push. That information obviously came from the prosecutors to Maggot Haberman. Wouldn't you love to have her texts and, and her emails and phone records? Wouldn't you? I mean, we've reached a point. Why shouldn't we? If it's good enough for Jack Smith to be threatening wives and family members and to violate attorney-client privilege and due process and executive privilege, what the hell does freedom of the press have to do with anything? He'll never do that because Maggot is his government source. That is, his government mouthpiece to the people. 
So testing the limits. You see, Donald Trump should just take it. He shouldn't respond. He just roll over in a fetal position. They hate this man because he doesn't give up. They hate this man because he pushes back. He punch back. He punches back harder than when he's punched. They don't want him in prison for life, Mr. Producer. They want him hanging from a telephone pole. That's what they want. And this bastard, Maggie Haberman, she's done more damage to this country. She's lied more on behalf of the Biden administration and the Obama administration and the FBI and the Department of Justice. She is a rogue operative for the Democrat Party. She is a disgusting disgrace, which is exactly why she works for the worst the worst news operation in the world that covered up the Holocaust. Be right back. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. So I was mentioning about these donations from um, Willis and her fanny's staff. To all these Democrats, the most prolific contributor writes the Daily Caller is Willis's office was uh, Kevin Armstrong, the interim legal counsel for the district attorney. What does he do? He advises Willis on her legal powers. It's a big job. Between 2019 and 2022, Armstrong made over a dozen contributions to the political campaigns of top Democrats, such as Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Democrat Senators John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock of Georgia, as well as Amy Blo- uh, uh, Klobuchar of Minnesota. Many of them ran on anti-Trump political platforms, according to the FEC campaign finance records. Armstrong's total uh, donations amounted to almost 700 bucks, 350 being given directly to Warnock's two campaigns. And Here's the point. It doesn't matter how much, and the others have done the same. The look... You're a prosecutor. You're not supposed to be political. Now, we know that's a farce. And, of course, the Democrat Party has demonstrated that overwhelming. Overwhelmingly. I mean, you look at Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg ran on indicting Donald Trump. Letitia James, the attorney general there, same thing. Everybody knows where these leftists are coming from. Armstrong donated almost $2,500, much of which went to several Democratic candidates, according to contribution records. 250 to Stacey Abrams, the two-time Democratic gubernatorial nominee who denied her loss. She was an election denier. She was celebrated for it. Made donations to Charles Curtis Bailey, ran for lieutenant governor. Adrian Love, ran for DA of Dublin County. Love herself is currently employed in the Fulton County DA's office as Chief Deputy District Attorney for high-profile cases. You can see how sleazy this is. It's basically just the Democrat Party dressed up as prosecutors. George Jenkins, the Executive District Attorney for the Trial Division, likely be involved in the Trump case. Several donations to Democrats. Donated over $8,000 in 10 years to state candidates, most of them Democrats. And it goes on and on and on and on. But don't worry, America. We got a judge with a robe. In other words, a lawyer with a robe. I'm sure he's as straight down the middle as possible. 
We've got a jury. Ooh, jury of the peers of whom? The Democrat Party. Oh, yeah. All the trappings of justice, all the trappings of an honest system. And that's all it is, trappings. That's all they are, trappings. In other words, BS. Now, Mark Meadows, it is said, his lawyer, is thinking of something that's very astute and I think very important. Which is, look, much of what these charges in Atlanta, Georgia are about have to do with a federal election for president. Overlaps with what the U.S. What the special counsel is doing in Washington, D.C. Overlaps, even Adam Schiff said, with what the January 6th committee did in Congress, in the House. And this county DA has gone outside the state where the indictments list things that occurred in six other states. That's not a local Georgia county issue. And of course, it involves a presidential election and the advice my client, that is his chief of staff, Mark Meadows, gave to the president. This should be in federal court. I think that is a very serious argument. And now we see that President Trump, his people may do the same thing. They might do the same thing. As they report at PJ Media, Trump team may have an ace up its sleeve. Clark Cunningham, a law professor at Georgia State University, told WSB Radio that Trump could have the case moved from state court to federal court. He also believes that Trump attorneys are likely to do just that. He said 100%. That's the first thing he's going to do. Trump has the prerogative to move the case from state to federal court because he's a former president. As a former president, because the acts of which he would be prosecuted took place while he was still president, federal law would allow him to ask for his trial to be moved to federal court. There are plenty of advantages to changing the venue from state court to federal court, he said, not the least of which is would be a, a genius way to stick at the Willis. She's been so dogged in her attempts to nab Trump. This is the commentary from the writer. That taking her out of the equation would be a thumb in the eye. I actually think it's more substantive than that. His second point is, I think, the more correct one. In the, and an excellent point, Chris Queen, which is, moving the case to federal court, Trump is more likely to find a sympathetic jury, I would say an objective jury, than he would in Fulton County, one of the state's most heavily Democrat locales. Plus, he might draw a federal judge that he appointed. Never know. Now, here's where he's wrong, and this is why I'm taking this on. It's a given that Trump can't pardon himself from state charges. Now, why is that a given? I don't get this argument. I really don't. It's a given why. Why is that a given? Based on what? A law professor saying so on TV? That doesn't, that's not a given. Anyway, that aside, I think it's a wise move. And if I were Trump's lawyers, and I'm not, I don't even know them. I'd be throwing motion after motion in Florida, in Washington, 
in uh, in Atlanta. Uh, and I do the same thing if I could in New York. That's a little different situation. But that said, there's tons of motions they can file in the document case, very few of which have been discussed beyond me, beyond Jim Trusty, beyond a few others, even on Fox. Um, there are clearly motions that can be filed. The problem with in Washington, D.C. is you have a judge uh, who you have, a ju- you have judges in Washington, D.C. where Trump has lost every single motion. Even this gag order, which they say is in a gag order, is somewhat of a gag order. And you can see the prosecution is trying to fully gag and even imprison Donald Trump. Because when you read what Maggie Haberman writes, that's the Department of Justice. That's the Deputy Attorney General of the United States. That's the so-called special counsel. That's who's talking to her. That's who's talking to her. And if I'm wrong, she's welcome to come on the program and say, no, that's not. But then she knows my follow-up will be, well, then who are you talking to? Because they're leaking like hell to you. To you. And there ought to be a criminal investigation. So let me educate the state's attorney in Palm Beach County, who's just a complete slug, and his favorite host, the man who claims to live in Jupiter, but I argue Jupiter, Florida, he lives in Uranus in Florida, Mr. Producer. That's just north of uh, Jupiter, as I understand it. That would be Scarborough. You don't have to wait for a motion to be filed by a party. If you're a judge and there's abuses taking place in your courtroom. You don't have to wait for some lawyer on one side or the other to tell you that. In fact, you have a responsibility to protect the judiciary and the courtroom. And in fact, the reputation of that courtroom. And so this pressure to have a gag order on Trump, and if he violates the gag order to put him in prison, this is exactly what they pulled on Paul Manafort and Roger Stone. With this Judge Jackson, another hack, creep, phony judge, Obama appointee, who was sitting in the back row when Donald Trump was arraigned with two other Obama judges. What does that tell you? They had no business doing that. None. They're really proud of themselves, how powerful they are. When you look at a judge, when you look at one of these Obama judges, I want you to think of them without their clothes on, Mr. Producer. That'll bring it back down to earth. Think of them without their clothes on. That'll bring it back down to earth. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let's take a call. What do you say? Steve, Columbus, Ohio, on the Mark Levin app. Steve, how are you, my friend? I'm great. Oh, great one. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, sir. Hey, um, I'm calling. I've got my Democrat Party Hates America pre-ordered. It actually comes out on my three-year wedding anniversary. Wow. I just told, uh, yeah, I told uh, Mr. Call Screener, I wanted to share this story with you. My wife was recently in Virginia Beach, and she was in a T-shirt shop, 
and, uh, you know, one that makes, like, screen-printed T-shirts. Right. She calls me and asks if I want one. And uh, I said, yeah, print the Democrat Party Hates America on it. Boy, you got guts. She did it. She's got guts. And yeah. uh, they reluctantly agreed. And they turn around and they charge her $185 for a T-shirt. Whoa, come on, it. man. That's what they did. But I'm wearing it right now. I just went to the local fair. And, uh, I mean, I'm in Trump country, so. Did they know, love you? Uh, it's okay. Oh, they love it. They love it. People are taking pictures. It's, uh, but I tell them it's about the book. It's about you. I don't know, man. I'm Thank just, you. I'm I'm 31 years old, and I'm trying to be an activist. I'm trying to wake up my peers. And you know what? You've gone a long way in doing that. You've done more than most people. And so I'm very proud of you. I want to thank you. We have to have our way of doing this. And I try to rally. People always say, Mark, what can we do? It's not we. It's you. It's each one of us. And this is what I do. We're at the center of the Tea Party movement. Years ago, um, we were at the center of the uh, other movements in this country. Center of the movement now to defend the country. And that's what we have to do. Uh, I mean, I can't let this these platforms I have waste away and just be, uh, you know, do Mickey Mouse stuff. And I'm not going to do it. But, Steve, I really want to thank you. And sadly, I don't have any books right now to give out including signed books. So maybe what we need to do, Mr. Producer, Mr. Call Screener, you need to get ready now. I apologize. Take down Steve's full name and address, and when the time comes, you know, we'll, we'll send out a signed copy to you, Steve. Thank you, buddy. We appreciate you very much. Isn't that cool? It, I think it is. He has a T-shirt made. Look how they ripped him off. But he still has a positive attitude. He's still out there. You know, you're not going to wear and wear that T-shirt, you know, in the middle of, uh, I guess, where uh, Fanny uh, Willis um, prosecutes people. Or these Democrat hellholes, you know, like the Hamptons. But there's plenty parts of the country where we can wear that and do it proudly. Let's go to another call. Let's go to Philip, Edmonton, Canada. XM Satellite. Philip, how are you, sir? Go right yeah. ahead, please. <laughs> doing well. It's a beautiful day. What I want to say, Mark, thanks for what you're doing. But here's the thing. People need to understand the first thing, what makes America great is not the sins that it has done, but that the changes that it makes. Number two, Brilliant. your freedoms are a beacon on a hill. Your constitution is different than any other constitution written. When I was 18 years old, I read the Canadian constitution. I read the American constitution. I read your your Declaration of Independence. I started reading into some of the history of your uh, forefathers, and I I admired the wisdom and how they put together your nation. Trump being attacked by a party and trying to imprison them, and the amount of indictments that he has is an indication that they are dragging your freedoms away from you, and that mm-hmm. beacon in the hill will die unless the, the GOP party can understand that if they imprison, if they gag order Trump, every candidate should withdraw and support him and get him elected so that freedom can remain. The world well, we have our Benedict Arnolds, our Svengalis, like Chris Christie, who would try and exploit the opportunity.
But listen, you're a fantastic caller, Philip. Call again, please. All you folks. We're going to take more calls in the weeks ahead. We salute all of you heroes out there. I salute this audience. God bless each and every one of you. I'll meet you over there at Amazon. What do you say? And I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>